This is the Blacklist Podcast. I'm your host, Franklin Leonard, founder and CEO of the Blacklist, joined as always by Kate Hagan, director of community at the Blacklist. Okay, so here's the deal. This is a very special episode. Amidst all the craziness of the world, we managed to snag a half an hour with one of the coolest human beings on the planet, maybe one of the coolest androids on the planet as well. I'll let her be the judge of that. But we were joined by Janelle Friggin Monet, star of season two of Amazon's Homecoming, which I believe is available now. Yes. Janelle Monet with Kate and I. Kate, what do we talk about? It's such a great conversation with Janelle. I was so excited to talk to her not only about her background in music, but how that has informed her time as an actor. We're going to touch on so many subjects. We're going to talk about her beginnings with films from everything from Menace to Society to Nightmare on Elm Street to Steel Magnolias. You're going to get treated to a little bit of Janelle talking about one of her favorite childhood films, Sister Act 2. Trust us, you're going to want to hear that conversation. And we're going to talk about movies that are selling celebrating anniversaries like The Matrix, and you're definitely going to want to hear Janelle's answer at the end for what movie she would screen for the entirety of planet Earth. It's a really fun conversation. I mean, it's Janelle Monet. So yeah, this is me and Kate and Janelle Monet. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Janelle, we're going to kick off the conversation by asking what was the movie that made you fall in love with movies? <laughs> I think there were lots of films, depending on like where I was in my life, that made me want to act, made me want to write, made me want to direct. I remember watching Steel Magnolias with my auntie a lot. I love that film. I also am a big horror fan. So growing up, I had like lots of cousins. We would always during the summers swim, skate, and then watch horror movies. So we would watch Freddy Krueger, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. We would watch Michael Myers, all of that. And, you know, Halloween. And that really shaped, I guess, my desire to want to make people feel like that, you know. I would be that I would be that kid or that cousin that would always constantly try to scare you. You turn a corner and I'm there. Boot. I also had parents who who I could watch anything like I mean, I was not watching porn, but my parents allowed me to watch Boys in the Hood. Like we went to the movies to go see Boys in the Hood. We went to the movies to go see Minister Society, Poetic Justice. I remember seeing Meteor Man you know, at the dollar show. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I was always watching Twilight Zone with my grandmother. I think when I started to say, I love world building. And so I think 
when I would watch like E.T. or I would watch Star Wars. But really when I watched The Matrix, that changed everything for me because I felt so much like Neo in like my own life. And, you know, I grew up in a very Baptist family and, you know, not really my mom, but like from my grandmother, who was a sharecropper. And, you know, for her generation, religion, church was everything. It was how they coped that was instilled to like my aunts and uncles and everybody just believed everything in the Bible. And I always found myself constantly trying to get out of the matrix. Not that it was just religion, but government, current administration, just question. I started to question everything. <laughs> and uh, I was always on a, on a search after I watched the matrix. It's really interesting. Cause what would typically be my next question is when was the first time you saw yourself represented on screen? And it sounds like, Neo may be that first character, but it also sort of comes, I, I'm curious like your thoughts on like seeing oneself on screen. Cause like, we'll talk about the Android concept generally, but you've talked about it as sort of representing the other generally, and you want your music to connect to oppressed people so that they can feel like you represent who they are. And I'm curious where you saw yourself represented prior to being the representation that you were putting forward for other people. That's a really great question. I mean, I would have to say like Neo for me, um, <laughs> was was someone that I really connected with, uh, and I still connect with. Sister Act Two did it for it's me. A classic. Lauren Hill. I remember coming home every single day, and I was in in the drama program, and I, you know, I was an international thespian. I would do monologue competitions, drive two hours out the way. I also wrote at the Coterie Theater's Roundtable, where we was like a young playwrights, where like all the young people would write these short stories and if they were good enough, the local actors would perform them. And then also I was in the acapella choir where I would sing and I would also do talent shows. I was in a group. So I grew up doing both pretty much my whole life. And I think watching Rita from Sister Act 2, I felt very seen by her. I felt very seen by, you know, wanting wanting to perform and also like having to deal with home life and just life in general and the pressures of that. And Lauren Hill's voice, I, I would go home every day from school for many months and I would eat a bowl of cereal and try to do, you know, his eyes on a sparrow and his eyes, his home. Forgive my voice right now, but I would always do all of those runs. <laughs> every time. I mean, do not apologize, please. My day has already been made. <laughs> I was constantly trying to be Lauren Hill in Sister Act 2, for sure. So then I also want to talk about Metropolis, The Chase Suite. So your first album is inspired by Fritz Lang's Metropolis and the cover art for our Android inspired by Metropolis. Here's the thing. Most people are not referencing Fritz Lang in their uh, musical work in Kansas City music or anywhere else. I'm just curious how that happens and like what your relationship is to that film specifically. Because it obviously permeates sort of everything that follows in your musical work to some extent. For sure. Chuck Lightning, who's a part of, who's a friend of mine, who's an amazing writer, got me to watch it. I was, I was trying to think of a concept for my album. He knew my world growing up in Kansas. Everyone always tried to push me to like the whiz and they're like, oh, you're from Kansas and you're black. And so for me, though, I was trying to do something different because I had done that in musical theater in school. when I went to I studied uh, at the American Musical and Dramatics Academy. And I was pretty much the only black girl in most of my classes. And all of my teachers would try to give me home from the whiz. Don't ask me why. But can't imagine. Yeah. 
But for me, I was like, man, I want to do something different. Not that I don't appreciate the Wiz. I love the Wiz. I love what Diana Ross did. I love, you know, what, what folks did on Broadway with it. Stephanie Mills, what she did with it. But I was like really wanting to bring something new to the conversation. And when I thought about my life in Kansas and I thought about this concept of the have and have nots that was explored in Metropolis, you know, about this being, this android, one of the connecting people or not connecting people and destroying folks. Um, and I thought about like the quote that said the the hands, the the mediator between the mediator between the head and the hands must, must be, be the, the heart. heart. And I said I want to represent the heart. And I wanted my music to represent that. And I've tried to stick to that as much as possible because I do think that that is a universal truth. We're going to have to have love. We're going to have to have somebody bridging gaps in order for us to understand each other as humanity. That was intriguing for me and my work. And it was like the origin of the Arc Android, which was its own, you know, work that was centered around um, the have-nots and those who are, who are constantly struggling to work in a society that wasn't built for them. On this idea of innovating and kind of pushing the medium forward, I want to talk a bit about Dirty Computer, which is such a towering achievement, not only in music videos, but for music movies. It feels so completely immersive when you're watching it like a purple rain that you kind of let it wash over you. I'm wondering what inspired you to create a long form music movie in the modern era, especially because MTV so rarely shows videos anymore and any kind of classic music videos or films you were pulling on as you were putting Dirty Computer together. Prince, I'm so happy you brought up his name. I mean, Purple Rain, you know, really, I felt seen in Purple Rain too. Purple Rain made me out the gate, not just want to do an album with, with songs. It's like, no, how do you fully realize an idea, a concept? How can I maximize this experience? And that's what I've, I'm always, I, I just love world building. I love being able to introduce people to music through film. You know, I've always loved soundtracks. I love the Love Jones soundtrack. I've always wanted to introduce cinema to people through music. With my background being doing music and theater, I think it was just bound to happen to try and always achieve this place in art where I could be an artist and not only can I have an, an album with music, but I can also have a movie with the music in it. So I think it was just destined for that to happen eventually. I have to ask this question for my own curiosity. Is Dirty Computer a reference to Computer Blue on Purple Rain? Mm, you know what? No. Total coincidence. Okay, I was just curious. I had to ask. But I mean, Prince is a huge inspiration. Actually, um, OK Computer was a big inspiration. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Radio, Radiohead was a big inspiration for um, like the title and, and like, because I had like this one, this, I had a lot of songs that were very introspective and songs that I knew I didn't want my album to be slowed down or like mid-tempo. I knew I wanted some up-tempos in there. I knew that it was going to go in phases. So yeah, yeah, Radiohead inspired it and Dirty Mind inspired it. Not a lot of people know that. Dirty Computer. Getting the good <laughs> info here. You this are. is good. You are. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You know, as an artist who explores so many different disciplines, styles, genres, both musically and in your film work, I'm wondering how you find creative space to balance that many artistic projects at once, sometimes that are very different from one another. How are you kind of managing that in your brain space? I think the human brain is, uh, or the android brain, is able to do and capable of doing many things. I think it, it, when I feel restless, you know, I know it's time to stop. When I feel like I'm doing too much, I know it's time to pull back. And it's all one art form to me. I mean, you're using different colors, you know, when it comes to music, when it comes to film, you know, there are different rules you get to create and systems you, you work in, especially like with film, you know, I don't get the final cut, right? Um, the directors, the producers, the studios, I can give you my best work and they're chopping and screwing it. But with music, I get that. I get the final say so on, on all of it. I think, you know, it's just, it is, there's different processes and I go where the universe tells me to go at this point. That's what I do. I listen to the universe. I listen to the whispers. I listen to my soul clock and that will always inform me of what I need to do. I'm on assignment. And how do you receive the assignment that leads to, in five years, Moonlight, Hidden Figures, Harriet, <laughs> the Glorias, Antebellum, and now Homecoming? Whoever, whoever's doing your like, you know, <laughs> job postings is doing a pretty good job. But I'm curious, <laughs> as you sort of drop into these very different cinematic personas, I mean, there's an argument that they're very similar and that they have a certain strength that you possess that sort of shines through regardless of what the character is. But like, what has surprised you about doing all of these very different roles in such a short period of time, sort of coming at it initially? I mean, you were, you were acting for a while, but like being first known for music and being a creator yourself, then having to drop into these sort of other people's creations. I'm curious what that experience has been like for you. It's been great collaborating. I've met so many amazing people, working with Barry, working with Ted Melfi, working yeah. with up, up until even now, Kyle Patrick Alvarez, who who's such a sweetheart on Homecoming. You meet so many people, you learn from them, and then you take what you learn and to the next gig. And I don't think I would be able to lead a season, you know, a TV series like Homecoming or do a leading role in Antebellum if I hadn't done Moonlight, you know, which was a small role. But I, I feel like Teresa is such a, a superhero. And yeah. Mary Jackson with Hidden Figures, a superhero. You know, these these women are pillars in our communities. They, they raise us. They help get us, you know, in the orbit. And they listen to us when we were trying 
to discover exactly who we were and if we want to, we were going to walk in our truth. So they were important supporting roles. Now, everything that I've done had to build up to being able to carry a season in a TV series. Let's talk a bit more about Homecoming. The second season is looking to have just as many twists and turns and surprises as the first season, but this time you're in the lead as Jackie. Jackie appears to be very different than many of the roles you've played so far, but I'm wondering what appealed to you about her character, especially because she appears to be a person without a past. You are absolutely right. Jackie is a lot different than than me. There are some decisions that she makes uh, in this season, in this series that I wouldn't necessarily make, you know, as Janelle. And what it allowed me to do is to dig deep and create a backstory, which was fun for her, why she would make these questionable decisions. I think you're going to be asking yourself, is this person good or bad? Or is there even a such thing as good or evil or, you know, so waking up in a boat, that's how you find her. She wakes up in this boat, in the middle of a lake, and she doesn't know who she is. She has no no clue how she got there. And she is on a journey of self-discovery and trying to uncover her identity. It was really great creating this character and the research that I went through to create this character was a lot of fun and, and also pretty scary because it's like, how do you play someone who doesn't have a memory? You know, you don't want to play her one note. So I went in and I, I watched a lot of the Jason Bourne identity films. I, I watched Memento, you know, one of my favorites. Uh, and I also watched this film by Nicole Kidman, Before I Go to Sleep, where she's waking up, you know, every day trying to understand how she got there and her husband would leave her these sticky note tabs on the wall. I was like, hey, I'm your husband. Don't freak out. And then I I went on YouTube, which is awesome because you get to find out a lot about short-term memory loss, long-term memory loss, amnesia. So a lot of what I had to do was nonverbal. Like I didn't talk a lot, which is kind of hard, you know, not being able to, you have to express everything through your eyes or through one word. Because when you lose your memory, you're trying to listen. Like you have to listen to clues. You have to listen to what people are telling you. You're piecing together a puzzle and you don't want, and then you're also frustrated because you're like, I don't know who I am. It's a frustrating thing to try to explain, especially when people are asking you like, are you sure you don't remember? Well, what about this? And you're like, I said, I didn't know who I was. So there was a sense of frustration and then also guarding. You're guarding yourself because you don't know who to trust. And in this season, in the series, you will see that the people, there's so many people she runs into and you think that they represent one thing in her life. And, you know, every time she's trying to uncover the truth, she's uncovering a lie. I had to tightrope it out and make sure that I was listening, that Jackie was listening, that Jackie was also protecting herself too. Here's the deal. So we're going to ask our last four questions and they're going to be rapid fire because <laughs> I'm actually genuinely curious about your answers to some of these. So first question, what is a movie that everyone thinks is terrible that you will defend till your dying day? Wow, that's a good one. Uh, let me see. What's the movie that people will judge you for loving, but you're like, you know what? I don't care. Judge me for liking. Mm. I'll give you an example. Mine's a cheat because I actually think everybody loves this movie and that's The Last Dragon. Oh, really? Okay. All right. I like The Last Dragon. See, this is the thing. That's why I think it's a cheat. I think everybody actually loves that movie. I've never met anybody that doesn't like it, but I also know that, like, from a cinematic perspective, it could be better. And I'm still waiting for the remake. I have never been asked this question before. So uh, it's a hard one for me. Let's see. Maybe 
Maybe it. I don't know. I'm scared to say too. All I right. don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll take a, we'll, right we'll take we'll take a pass. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a pass as an acceptable answer. Kate, next up. We got another tough one, but it's a fun one too. The late great Sidney Pollack said he was only ever interested in making movies about two things because they're the only two things in human history that we don't have any better understanding of 3,000 years on. And those concepts are love and war. So favorite movie about love, favorite movie about war. My favorite movie about love. I like, I like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, great answer. Yeah, Absolutely. that's a that 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 is like the kind of movie making I I, I want to do too. You know, I would love to do something something like that. And movies about war, um, maybe Glory. Mm, another maybe, great answer. Maybe Glory. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That you can't really go wrong with that yeah. for sure. All right, second to last question: What is the single moment from a movie that will stay with you till the day you die? Like just the moment where you're just like, oh, it breaks me every time. You've been in one of the movies that would fall in this category for me in Moonlight. Honestly, it's the movie that I just did. Oh. Antebellum. The last scene. Damn, I don't, don't want to spoil it. it just, say, just say Please. that and but let... It's just, the, la- it's the right. last scene. Yeah. And you'll, you'll see it. Yeah, you'll be like... or Yeah, it's like the last scene and it's me. I don't want to know anymore. Don't yeah, tell anybody anymore. That. This is the single best marketing for a film I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> they should just roll that out as the ad campaign for the movie. All right, Kate, take us home. As if we couldn't be more excited about this movie. So we love to wrap with the same question for everybody, which is if you could pick one movie to screen for the entirety of planet Earth simultaneously, what movie would you choose? Uh, one movie to stream. Everybody sees it. Hmm. The movie of Donald Trump being escorted out of the White House. Whatever footage is in that room. Whatever footage there is. Yes. When he leaves and when everybody with him leaves, I want to see tears from him. And I want to see him explode into glitter that can go with the rest of rest of earth and, and and we can have a party with that glitter i think we're all i think we're all down with that <laughs> janelle thank you so much for your time <laughs> thank you thank you guys thank you so much janelle i love this show thank you for having me From Luminary, the Blacklist podcast is a production of the Blacklist and Ninth Planet Audio. Our executive producers are me, Franklin Leonard, Kate Hagan, Hans Sani, and Jimmy Miller. Gabrielle Horton is our lead producer. Nicholas Patel composed our theme music, and this episode was edited and mixed by Kevin Liu. You can find me on Twitter at Franklin Leonard, at Franklin J. Leonard on Instagram. Kate is that Hagen girl, girl, G-R-R-L, on both. And we, the Blacklist, are the, T-H-E-B-L-C-K-L-S-T. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.